Holy Spirit, thank you. I'm going to start a series on revival. Yes. A series on revival because the Lord spoke to me and he said, this is time for revival. And if you are here and you are not set on fire after this, I don't know what to do for you. If you are not set on fire after we are through with a series, you need serious attention. Hallelujah. So, by divine insights, we can read the times in which we are. And we align ourselves to what God is doing. Hallelujah. We were not sent by men, but by God. So that we can proclaim the things that God has already shown. So I'm here to announce that we have entered the time of revival. Hallelujah. I say we have entered the time of revival. And we're going to see the move of God from this moment. This revival will cause the greatest harvest to come into the church. You see, after we are through, I don't think we'll have seats available anymore. If you catch the fire, you'll run to and fro fetching people, leading them to salvation everywhere. Because the church has come to a place where the church needs to be vitalized again. I know theologian says the word revival is not really mentioned in the New Testament. But you know, praise God, I also studied. So you cannot lie to me easily. Hallelujah. You know, some people, somebody will develop a theory and everybody, whoa, what a great theory. But you know there are flaws in it. Hallelujah. There are many words that are not mentioned in the New Testament, but yet we see the evidence of those words. Hallelujah. When even Paul talked about the end time, if you follow carefully the teaching of Paul, you will realize that he himself didn't understand whatever, whatever the, the big picture of what he was saying. You can know that. Because these are things, that's why the church is confused. Hallelujah. We have so many theories and everybody thinks it's right. But let me tell you something. Some of the things that are not mentioned in the New Testament are not necessary things that God doesn't want to do. The book of John ends with this. He said there are many things that Jesus did. And if we were to record all this, even no book in the world would be able to accommodate what Jesus did. Therefore, there are things in the Spirit that are revealed by the Spirit. The only thing is that it must be consistent with the character of God. So I cannot do something that I say, if not written, but the Spirit led me when it's not consistent to God's character. Do you hear what I'm saying? So we are here to talk about revival. Somebody say revival. I say somebody say revival. Behave like you are revived yourself. We're talking about revival. We're not talking about the chosen frozen. No, we're not talking about a dead church. We're talking about a church that is vitalized by the power of God. And I, I hear, uh, you know, I, I, I read a lot and I listen a lot to many people that, that know, that think they know the words. I say they think because they make statements that make me doubt of their knowledge. Some people call themselves secessionists in the body of Christ. They said uh, that the miracle was to validate the calling upon the apostle and to establish the church. And once that is done, it was over. I said, my brother, you have never met somebody that is anointed. It's because you don't have that in your experience. And you know, the, the mistake that we make is that when we cannot produce something from our own experience, we think it's not possible. Sometimes you need to outsource in order to live the reality of it. And some people don't know how to outsource, so they they, they, they claim themselves to their knowledge and they say, it's not possible. 
And then they criticize miracles. They say, you see, the miracles that are doing now, the guy, is, is, he cannot walk. They say he can walk, but he's limping. Jesus never did that. When he said they walk, they walk. I say, you are a loser. Because you, you, you haven't seen, you have seen nothing yet. Yes, the body of Christ is a big body. So what you saw there is not necessarily what is in Africa. They sit in America, they have no clue of witchcraft. Therefore, they think, no, they don't know what spirituality means. But we know because we live it. We are in the fire. If you have not been to Babylon, you cannot know the, the heat of the furnace. Those who are not there cannot testify of a fire. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego can testify that there is a God that saves through fire. But if you have never been there, you will say, God, they cannot throw you in fire. But when you have the experience, you can say, even if I go through the fire, my God shall prevail. No. I believe that some of the things that we are cheap on affirming it's because we don't have the experience of it. We went to a crusade in Ivory Coast one time, and we're preaching. I've never seen something like that. Children of 10 years old, 9 years old, hold, when you pray for them, manifesting witchcraft, and, and they put their head against on the floor, and their feet are up, and they want to fly. That was real. So we invited a theologian to come and preach. So when he came there, we sat him down. We said, Mr. Theologian, if you do that, they will kill you. This is witchcraft. We've been. He said, let me, give me time to pray. I said, all right, so now you want to pray. I thought you can just go and preach. What we witness there, you need to be there to know. My dear wife was there, I think. We're not married yet. But I think she was part of that crusade. They host us in a place. Next to the house, there was a hole. There was like a ditch and... And, and, and they told us that the snake king dwelt in that hole. It was a big snake with a crown on his head. Now, you can't take that to the Americans. They will think you are telling tale. The, the, the American gospel, I'm, I'm fed up with that nonsense. <laughs> and that's what many of you follow. Yes. <laughs> They have never encountered a witch doctor <laughs> in their lives. So, so, so we, we, we were hosted there and we prayed. And after three days, the snake left the place. And I told us the snake is gone. Now, it needs somebody that is revived. Huh. So revival is potent now. In age and in history, there have been times where the church came to a special awakening in time. And the church took its place. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. So revival. Somebody say revival. 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 They meet the sick people. They pray for them as if they are wishing them something. And they say that the power, the age of miracle is over. Shame on you. It's not because you cannot perform it. God cannot perform it for you. I heard somebody asking a question and says, if the age of miracle is real, why don't God bestow the power of miracle on two preachers of the gospel and bestow it only on false teachers? As if he is a true preacher. What qualifies you to be a true preacher? It's not the letters. It's the spirits. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The orchestration of letters does not qualify anyone to be a good preacher. Because if of issue is that, you don't need the spirit. You can just study philosophy and try to interpret scriptures. And then you are a good preacher. But Jesus himself, he came and he did not preach unless he had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And when he was baptized and the heaven was opened and the Spirit came upon him, the Bible said news about him went throughout the surrounding. 
Now, what I'm trying to tell you is that you need to come back to the age of the Holy Spirit. Not that the Holy Spirit is not here. Not that we don't have the Holy Spirit, but we need the reality of the Holy Spirit. The manifestation of the Spirit in our lives. That's what we need. That's why you will see people sitting in church and they have no, no attachment to the words. They, they have no passion and no compassion. They have sit in church for 10 years. But they cannot pray. They say, well, we don't need all this. We just need to believe God. But what does it mean to believe God? The Bible says that faith without works is dead. He says, show me your works and I'll show you the faith. So you cannot say that you are a follower of Christ yet cannot reproduce any fruit in your life. The validity of your Christianity is the fruit of the Spirit in you. For the Bible says that you cannot claim to be a, a, a certain tree if you don't bear the fruit of that tree. So if you claim to be a mango tree and you bear orange fruit, you're not a mango tree. Although your body can look like a mango tree, but your inside is an orange tree. So if you don't bear the fruit of righteousness, you don't bear the fruit of the Holy Ghost, if, if God is not manifesting in you, there is a problem. And, and I'm not submitting that you are not saved, but I'm submitting that somewhere, somehow, you are called. And I have a word for you in the book of Revelation chapter 3, verse 16, um, talking to the church of Laodicea. The Bible says that because you are not cold or hot, I will spit you out from my mouth. Because God said you must be either one. Either you must be hot, then I know who you are, or you must be cold. That you cannot be in between. There is no in between in the kingdom. You, you, Jesus says that if you are not for me, you are against me. If you are not gathering with me, you are scattering. So you cannot be neutral. So we need to proclaim this message to the body of Christ. You cannot be a cold Christian. Help me, Lord. This is just the introduction. So that we can hear again the stirring. Acts 2 says, they were together in one room. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound as of a mighty rushing wind. So the sound was not a wind. It was as... So there was no wind. I know that we teach that the wind came. He said a rush as of a mighty rushing wind. So it means that the writer of the scripture had nowhere to describe. And in his, in his in human intelligence, he could only relate that to maybe the sound of a wind. But it was bigger than word can express. It was stronger than mind could understand. It was bigger than what human being can catch. And he said, what seems to be like tongue of fire. So it was not tongue of fires. It was like... I'm taking you to a bigger experience here. Because you've been taught, we've been teaching you about the tongue of fire and the wind. I'm here to say there is greater than that. Ah, there is greater than that. It was, and, and this tongue that seemed to be like tongue of fire, when it came on them, it never left them again. There is something greater. I believe that what seems to be like tongue of fire was the glory of God. I believe that it was the Shekinah glory of God that intruded in the affairs of man, that came in the natural so that naked eyes can see, and naked eyes cannot display what they see. So they say it looks like tongues of fire. The closest thing that they could relate to was the tongue of fire. And we know that you cannot catch fire with your bare hands. We know that you cannot sit on fire. You cannot stand on fire. We know that if there is fire, there is movement. I have never seen somebody on fire and being quiet. I have never seen somebody that can enter a house that is burning and just sleeps. I know when fire comes, there is movement. (sighs) 
So it seemed like tongue of fire. And my understanding is, oh God, help me here. Help us. My understanding is that it was hotter than fire. Yeah. Yeah, because you know that the, 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 the sun is hotter than fire. You know that we cannot reproduce the, de- the intensity of the heat of the sun here. Uh, because if the sun can come closer, we'll all melt. But what was saying, he holds it in his hand. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So it means that God is so big that even the hottest thing is held by his hand. The breath of his mouth can push the fire, the heat in the sun. Yet human beings have never attempted to go to the sun. They can go to the moon, they cannot go to the sun. There is no material here on earth that can take the heat of the sun. But we serve a God. We serve a God that is able to hold that material in his hand. Because he created it. Let me tell you something. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. And God said, let there be light. And the Bible says, and God created the light, a greater light and a lesser light. The greater light to shine on the day and the lesser light in the night, meaning the sun and the moon. And God does not tell us what he created with. There was no material that he created except for his word. So when God says, let there be light, light came outside of him and just... So the heat was inside of God. God just brought it outside. My God. So all this time, the sun was in his belly. He walked with the sun around. That heat that human cannot contain was inside of him. I don't know which God you are serving this morning. Say you've been a Christian for 10 years. For five years, I want to see I want to see. I don't want to hear what you say. I want to see what is happening in your life. One time I was at the airport. I was with my wife and her sisters. And I saw a lady that was struggling to walk. She was having walkers. I said, Holy Spirit. He said, what are you going to do about it? I said, what must we do? It's an airport. It's an airport. They say, yeah, I want the movement out. So I say, okay, I'm going to sit and wait what you want to do. I sat and the lady walked and she found a seat next to me. I said, praise God. I said, ma'am, why are you walking this way? She explained to me a long story. And I say, I'm going to help you. I said, I'm going to pray for you, and when I finish to pray, you are restored. Put my hands on her knees, prayed. I said, just go. This woman took off and left the crutches and started to walk freely in the airport. There is something inside of you that you don't know about, and that's what I've come to trigger. There is greatness that is locked up in you. You see, the Lord says it's time for revival. Hallelujah. What is revival? The word revival means renewal or awakening. Renewal or awakening. What makes this sound? Renewal or awakening. It also means restoration of force or vitality. Restoration of force or vitality. In this series, we're going to talk about several revivals. We're going to talk about the revival in places like Argentina, revival in Azusa, Bonzol revival. I'm going to tell you a bit what happened, and, uh, and, and I'm going to show you a bit. Now, when we talk about revival, revival is not the shouts. No, revival is not the physical motion. A revival is a condition of a heart that is transformed by the Holy Spirit. And that transformation will take on flesh. So it means that there can't be transformation without the transformation being fleshed out. So your transformation will be visible in the natural. And people say, God only sees my heart. He does not, you're lying to yourself. You say, God said to Samuel, I look at the heart, I don't look at the appearance, but the condition of the heart sometimes appears in the natural. Yeah. 
You know you cannot wear something that is not from your heart. So when you say, whatever I put on, God doesn't mind what my heart is looking, it came from your heart. It's the expression of your heart that is in the natural. Hallelujah. So revival is the transformation of hearts. Revival is the expression of the fullness of Christ in one heart. Revival is a place where Jesus becomes real. And not only real, but is manifested in the natural through the one that is revived. I hope you catch what I'm saying. So when there is revival, there is change. Revival will affect the atmosphere. Revival will affect the ground. Revival will affect the people. When there is true revival, everything is affected. True revival affects everything. So that's why I know we are not in revival. We are in the beginning of a revival. Revival comes when we acknowledge our condition. Without acknowledging our condition, there's no revival. The pride of Christianity has led us away from revival. Somebody told me some one time that the word repentance is not for believers. I say you don't understand scriptures. You know why? Because repentance, there are two forms of repentance. You need to understand that. There is a repentance that positions you in Christ. That one, when you are saved, you don't need it anymore. But there is a one repentance that they call repentance from dead works. It means that every day, repentance means not only to turn away, but to change the mind. So repentance is not just, I want to steal the iPad, I turn away from it. But maybe I turn away because somebody saw me. I must turn away because I have a conviction that is not the right thing to do, and it's wrong to do that. That is what we call repentance. Repentance is just not turning away. Repentance is not just to say sorry. Repentance is from the heart to understand that what I'm doing is not from God. So if Christians don't need repentance, then a man in pornography can continue. If Christians don't, and you want to tell me that there's no Christian in pornography? And a, a man with pride can continue. You want to tell me that there is no pride in believers? If there is no repentance, then we can carry on as well. Repentance means acknowledging your state and saying to God, change my heart toward it. And once your heart is changed, you have repented. Repentance is not to just say sorry, because saying sorry can be out of compulsion. You know, there was a story with the chief, chief justice in those days, and they asked him to apologize. I think at the end he apologized. I'm not sure. Uh, he did. Okay, I, I didn't follow the whole story. Did he apologize at the end? Ah, guys, tell me the true information. He did apologize. If you say no, go and read again. This in that day, I trust him. He said, he did. And you can see the face. Like, what are you talking about? He did apologize. Thank you. Now, now, if he did apologize, was it the renunciation of his ways or just an apology to please them? Because I'm not sure he has changed his mind about what he said. But for the sake of his function, maybe he apologized. So being saying sorry is not necessarily a true reflection of your heart. Yes. Sometimes you get in the conflict with your partner. You say sorry just to end the conflict. You didn't say sorry because you feel you are wrong. You said sorry so that everything can stop. Come on now. If you've been married for more than a year, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> because maybe when it's not a year yet, you are in the honeymoon. But after a year, the honeymoon is gone. It's become reality. Uh-huh. Come on now. So repentance is needed in the church. Say repentance is needed. Repentance is needed. 
don't let any theologian cheat you. Don't let them with their clever word tell you things that are not in the Bible. They say, no, the New Testament didn't call the people to repent. But they did. Paul says, among you there is somebody that is sleeping with the wife of his father. He said, we call that person to order. And if you will not change, give him over to Satan. It means that if we will not repent, even if it's not written like repentance, the action and the wording shows us it's a repentance. So, 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 so revival starts by that. And, 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 and sanctification is another word. No, sanctification, there are two forms of sanctification. There's one that we call the positional sanctification. Where the Apostle Peter says, without sanctification, no man shall see God. Have you read that scripture? It's a positional sanctification. It means that at my, at my salvation, the Holy Ghost sanctifies me so that I may be part of the body of Christ. In Ephesians number one, you can read that. He said we've been sanctified from the blood of the Lamb. It means that form of sanctification positions me into the body. But the word sanctified means to set apart. Hallelujah. And being set apart is at once. But daily, you need to choose to be set apart. So every day, I need to choose to be set apart. It means every day, what I say, what I watch, what I hear, I need to watch over it so that I may be set apart daily. And if you are not set apart daily, you might have your positional sanctification, but your daily vessel is tempered with. So we need to choose. Now, there is a scripture that we all read, and I'm going to go through the scripture, and I'm going to focus on element in the scripture to talk about revival. Are you revived? Yes. I say, are you revived? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Do it like Pentecostal people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Let's put 2 Chronicles chapter number 7, verse 14. And let's read it. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. I say, thank you, Jesus. Let's read it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Second Chronicles 7.14. I say, can we read it together? You all know the scripture. Yes. If you have been in, uh, in, in uh, that Angus meetings, you have heard this scripture. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Because his ministry is based on this scripture, I believe, because he says it everywhere he goes. Let's read. Uh, one, two, three. If called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my and turn from their wicked ways. Oh, you, you know it so much. You are already on the wicked ways. Uh -huh. Then I will hear them from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Listen. He said, if they do all this, I will do two things. I will forgive their sin, which is spiritual, and I will heal their land, which is natural. <laughs> Two things will happen. You will be restored spiritually, Amen. and your land will respond to your physical spiritual Amen. restoration. Yeah. Before I go there, I went to Vepena one here, and there was a lady that has a tomato uh, garden next to her house. And she took me there, and the tomatoes were so huge. And I said, ma'am, what do you fertilize your ground with? She said, nothing. I said, but your tomatoes are oversized. She said, no, I talked to them. <laughs> she said, when I planted them, this became my prayer ground. Every morning I come here, I sit and I pray. And when I pray, I ask God to bless the land. And the result of that were the tomatoes. And I realized that there is no bad time for farming. There is only bad understanding of farming. Yes, 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 because I understand that farming is not subject solely on natural conditions. Farming is subject uh, to the sower. Hey, 
So he said, if my people, if my people. Now, to bring it in context, this test was a response of God when Solomon dedicated the temple. Solomon has, had over-sacrifices. He dedicated the temple. And God says, if my people, he didn't say when. That condition is not that surely it will happen. It takes the willingness on the one that wants the result. If there is any man in this house that can hear my voice and apply what is preached, then upon that person, revival will come. If my people who are called by my name, talking about the nation of Israel in those days, first of all, first condition of revival, he said, if they will humble themselves. Let's stop there. That's the first condition. Humble themselves. If they will humble themselves. Somebody say humble themselves. Humble. Say humble myself. Humble. Say if I will humble myself. Humble. If I will humble myself. Humble. That is the first condition. There are few conditions. I mean, I will go through as we go in time. If they humble themselves. What is to humble oneself? To humble ourselves is to recognize our need for God. To humble ourselves is to recognize our need for God. The reason why America looks like it used to, and I'm choosing my word carefully, I'm not saying the way why America looks the way it looks. No, the way why America looks the way it used to. The way it looked that way. It's because the founding fathers, although there is a conspiracy story that there were Freemasons or whatever, I don't, uh, yes, it might be, yeah. But they opened their mouths and they said to God, this nation belongs to you. We cannot do it without you. You see, now the reason why America looks the way it looks today is because the principle has been changed. Laws came in, and you cannot preach God in schools. So they turned from the original intents, and they became prideful. The system of Nebuchadnezzar, The spirit of Babylon hmm, took place in. And there is only thing, one thing at the end of the day that God will say, run away from it. It's the system of Babylon. He said, come out of Babylon. And the system of Babylon is in power now. And that system opposes revival. So that's why People are bringing many things. The word of God is fought against. Whatever the word of God preaches, they do the opposite. They bring conflict between men and women by mixing the role of the two. By teaching them that it does not matter. We are not functioning according to God's word. And by no means we are not saying women shouldn't do anything, no. But we are saying recognizing the function. That is a basic. Men should recognize their function, women should recognize their function. And the two of them must work together. It's like for you to put a nail on the wall, you need maybe in olden days you need a hammer, but you need a nail. But those two things are not enough. You need strength. Yeah. Now, if strength decides not to be there, the nail and the hammer can do nothing. Yeah. Now, if strength is there and there is no nail, it will do nothing. Yeah. Now, if there is no nail and there is only a hammer, it will not drill the wall. 
So each one, each thing needs its position. We need to go back to the blueprints. We need to go back to God and say, Lord, how should we function? We've come to a society that cannot say female and male anymore. They say them. They cannot say my father, my mother. They say my parents. Because if you say my father, you are boxing. If you say my mother, you are boxing. But which womb carried them? A generation that is confused. They say, I must be whoever I want to be. I say, okay. If tomorrow somebody decides that he's a gorilla, that you must take him to the zoo, will you take him there or to a psychiatric hospital? Because I am my freedom to decide who I want to be. I can decide to be a he or a she. In the same way, I can decide to be a gorilla or a tiger. Follow the logic. Freedom of expression. So put me in the zoo. Because I have a freedom to choose who I want to be. Our children can choose their gender, but they cannot choose their nature. How? If he can choose his gender, he can choose also when he's going up. He says, now I'm my puppy. Maybe I will receive a strike for that, but I don't care. What I'm trying to tell you, let's come back and acknowledge our need for God. The reason why South Africa looks the way it looks is because we have deviated from the need of God. We have have set this nation upon ancestral spirit and we call it our culture. Uh, But let me submit to you, who made the culture? When a culture wants to repudiate God or divorce with God, they clamp on their knowledge. And they say, we don't need God. Or we need God, but we will make a God for ourselves. So we make a, a gold calf that we worship in the midst of a wilderness and we forget that God is on the mountain talking to Moses. When you want to meet God, you need to turn to the mountain, which is mountain Zion. So while God is busy with the church, they are busy making an idol. And that's why South Africa, that you need to know the condition of South Africa for you to know that we need God. A man will stand up and kill his wife without any remorse. And now we are busy on gender-based violence, which we all speak against, but the root is wrong. The reason why a man can kill himself is because he does not have God in his life. If he knew God, he would not lift his hand on his wife. We cannot treat cancer with shampoo. Somebody with skin cancer and you wash him with shampoo and you think it will be healed. No. We cannot treat the nation if we walk away from God. We need, we need the nation to acknowledge publicly. We need to humble ourselves and call on the God of heaven. The nation needs to come back on our knees. I'm not talking about a cheap way of worship. I'm talking about the dedication of the heart that understands that God is alive. The foundation of the families in Africa and many countries are broken because we have dedicated ourselves to demon spirits. And therefore, demons come and do what they want to do. The Babylonian system is in power in the church. The Babylonian system is in power in the world. Somebody called it the Nimrodic spirit. Nimrod. People don't need God anymore. They don't need God anymore. Praise God we can still preach 
Christ in our schools in South Africa. Praise God we can still preach about Christ in prison. Praise God we can still do that. But the bottom line is, is the highest office in the land doing that? You cannot pray in the day as a Muslim, in the night as a witch doctor, and at midnight sing amazing grace in the pulpit of churches. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Choose today whom you want to serve. Choose who you want to serve. You want to serve God or you want to serve demons. Make it plain so that we may take note of it. Don't be confused. And the church needs to humble himself. Come on. The church needs to humble himself. The church has not replaced God. Your confession don't replace God. You cannot just create what you want. You are quiet now. Because if I want a building, I create it with my word. I create it. There is a true principle in that. But people have taken it overboard. In a way that the, the substance of it is being devoided. Yeah. That people have sat on the throne of God and tried to detect what must happen without humbling themselves and saying, Lord, I depend on you. The church needs to humble himself. We have gone away from the Lord. And I know the message of grace. I preach it all the time. But I'm telling you the truth. If the message of grace is not mixed with the message of holiness, there is a problem. There is a big problem. People need to have the urgency of fearing God. Christians need to know uh, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A church is not just a gathering. No, a church is not just a gathering. A church is a, is a, living, is a living thing. And the church cannot be stopped just by closing churches. No, because the church is a movement. The church is a spirit. You cannot confine it, the church in the four walls. And the moment we confine the church in the four walls, we have missed God. We need to go know that God is bigger than the walls. God is bigger than our meetings. God sits in front. We need God. The mistake of the people in the book of Genesis chapter number 11, the tower of Babel, of Babel, where come Babylon. The tower of Babel was an idea of men to play God. Say, so let's build a tower. God was not really in, intimidated by tower. They say we want to reach to the sky. They can't do that. So God was not intimidated by that. Hallelujah. God was just concerned about the motives of the heart. The heart was disengaging itself from God. Therefore, the building of a tower was a reflection of a denial of God. We don't need a God. We can build ourselves a tower. So that's what God was again. Anytime a community comes to a place of denying God, there is consequences. Or there are consequences. And, 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 and God might not inflict the consequences, but the, the offer of the idea will inflict the consequences. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm here to tell you we need to humble ourselves. I say we need to humble ourselves. We need to cry out to God and say, we need you. God, I need you in my family. I need you for my children. I need you in the center. Everything will collapse. I can, get, I can send my children to school. They can get an education. But if we don't need God in our houses, 
we are doomed. And then people are surprised of the rise of criminality in the country. And they say we didn't teach them well. No, we taught them well according to the world. But we didn't teach them according to God. If we want to stop criminality, we need to call to God as a nation. And God might not want, be interested on the whole nation crying, but God might be interested in you crying. If I found a man and a woman that is able to go on his knees like Daniel on behalf of a nation. Daniel went on behalf of a whole nation and Daniel humbled himself. And when he prayed the prayer of repentance, he included himself in the prayer. Although he was not the offer of the misdeed, Daniel said, we have sinned against you. But Daniel never sinned against God. Daniel was, was walking with righteousness, but he knew that he needed to be part of what he's asking for. So he said, Lord, we have sinned against you. Lord, and while he was praying and, 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 and groaning, the angel came. Gabriel was dispatched from heaven. The, he said, I stand before the Lord. The same angel that was sent at the birth of Jesus was sent to Daniel. Daniel was not giving, giving birth to, to Jesus. Daniel was giving birth to a nation. Amen. Can a nation be born in one day? Oh, that was the story of Israel. I'm telling you that, uh, that, that, that there is a pregnancy in you that you don't know about. You are pregnant of a nation. You are pregnant of a city. You are pregnant of your home. You are pregnant of your children. And if you go on your knees and follow the process of birth, we will see the results. We need God. Somebody say, we need God. We need God. We need men that can go on their knees and say, we need God. Not only women, we need men that can stand up and say, we, we need God. Because when you talk about repentance, people are looking at women. But I'm here and I say, both men and women need to stand and say, we need God. They need to be a cry. For I have heard the cry. And I have come to rescue them. Exodus chapter number 3 verse 7. He said, God said, I've heard the groaning. I've heard their supplication. I've heard them. I've, because they came to a place where they humbled themselves. It took them about 400 years before they humbled themselves. Not, let not be so stiff that it will take such many years for God to bend us. We need to be flexible in God's hand and say, God, I need you today. More than I need myself. We need God. I say we need God. I say we need God. The mistake of the nation of Israel is that they came to a place where they didn't know they needed God anymore. They went after palm readers. They went after diviners. They went after, after, after mag magic. They forgot the God that called them out of Egypt into the promised land. We forgot the God that once saved us. We forgot the, the Lord that once did miracles in our lives. We need to have consistent humbling of our heart, a daily experience with God, whereby we can say daily, Lord, yesterday I needed you, but today I need you more. Oh, and tomorrow I will need you even more. Lord, I need you more than anything else in the world. Lord, I, I, I need you. We are not competing with any other religion. Because we are not a religion. Oh. Christianity is far from religion. Christianity has nothing to do with religion. Christianity is the life of God manifested in human beings. We need God. But we need it with a sincerity of heart. You know, those shows that we put on and we put music, we need God, we need God. But the heart says nothing. It's just an exercise of sweat and wasting of time. God does not recognize those things. 
heaven does not take note of those things. Because if heaven took note of music, it would have come long ago with the Beatles. It would have come long ago with Michael Jackson. It would have come long ago with... Heaven takes notice of, of music that comes from the hearts. We have become an organization organizing events. But events need to be organized with the heart. And I thank God for events that are organized with the heart. Because they bring the body of Christ together. And we, 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 we are not in the platform of show or competition or who will be the best team or who will be the best voice. We are in there to usher the glory of God in the city because the city needs God. We are there to usher the glory of God in our homes, in our families, because our families knows God. Like I started with, if you have never been confronted with witchcraft, you don't know. For some of us, we need to fight our way through. For some of you, you don't need to. So when we tell our experience, you think we don't understand the gospel, but you don't know where we are coming from. If your name was never called in front of an idol, you don't know how to release yourself from it. Therefore, those who talk about that, you say they don't preach the true gospel, but you don't know where they come from. If you always give birth by cesarean, you will never know the pain of natural birth. So if you see a woman screaming to push, you say, why is she screaming? It was easy, man. They just open and they take the child. But there is an experience. 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 And instead of criticizing each other, let, let produce the beauty of different experiences uh, that can create like a symphony in God's ear so that by we put many instruments together but at this end it produces a beautiful sound like there is keyboard with black notes and white notes. You play them together for the harmony of the sound. So people, we, it's not, we, we don't care. We are an African church. It's a, it's a church from the devil. We are a black church. It's a church from the devil. We are not Africans. We are not black. We are not English. We are God's church. When you start like that, you bring your culture in. Because if you are a black church, usually you must do black stuff. Yes. You must do the things that are, that are proper to the culture of black. So, so, so when you are there, you, you think that's what God likes. Now, if you are an African church, yes, you will do things that pertain to African culture. And then you think that's the way God is. For revival to come, we need to break the walls of division. We need to smack down the walls of division. There can't be revival if we have an African church, if we have a Baptist, if, we, if there can't be revival if our hearts are resting on our divisions. He said, let every man everywhere lift up holy hands. He didn't say, let every black man, let every white man, let... No, God created colors and God put us together. It was not to create a division, it was create an harmony because a painting without colors, does, it's pale it's nothing, it reflects nothing and God is an artist and he couldn't put this beautiful artist without, without putting many colors so that from far you see the beauty of the planet so that, so that you can see in the planet, there are places that are called desert. I've been to the desert of, of Israel and it's hot there but there's a beauty in the desert. I've been in the forest in West Africa. I know how it sounds like to hear the noise of those insects. But also, I have been into a place where there are short grasses, where you can see far the kudus and the lion, and you can see all from far. All this is the artists. All this is the artists. And human came. They say, we shouldn't have desert anymore. So they go, they plant trees there. And then the weather is messed up. We don't understand why the weather has become like that. Because we have tempered with the work of the artist. Where there is forest, they cut down the forest. Because we want to plant, uh, 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 how do you call them? Uh, coconut tree. We want to plant uh, 
uh, nuts. How do you call that nut? Picking nuts. We need the money. We want to plant. So we destroy everything. And then we are surprised at the condition that we are in now. The North Pole is melting. Why? Because we have created other conditions. And I'm not saying women shouldn't develop, but women should develop in the fear of the Lord, in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Always asking the Holy Spirit, what must we do? And while we are disconnected from the Holy Ghost, we cannot get a result. Let's come back to the Holy Spirit. I say, let's come back to the Holy Spirit. Let's come back. We are in for transformation. That is the first thing I want to teach you. This is the introduction. But I'm telling you, at the end of this message, at the end of this session, oh, if you are not standing up and dancing like nothing before, yeah, you'll be so excited about God and your work with God that you'll be doing what God puts in your heart to do. When Christians come into laziness, Satan overtakes. While they were sleeping, the enemy sowed a seed. The enemy always waits for the time of sleep in order to sow seed. That's why the Bible says, awake! When the church neglects basic habits of praying, basic habits of reading scripture, basic habits of inquiring of the Holy Ghost, basic habits of walking with the Holy Spirit, then the enemy sows seed. I want to end with this scripture. And then we're going to pray and say, we need you. We need you. I want to end with this scripture. So like I said, this is the first step. This is the first step. Psalm 33 verse 12. Psalm 33 verse 12. Let's read it there. Hallelujah. I want us to stand up and take your Bibles. Don't worry about the screenshots or the screen. Take your Bibles or take your cell phones or your iPad. Wherever there is scripture, take it. Psalm 33 verse 12. And we're going to read it together like one person in this room. Hey, 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 hey. Hallelujah. Doesn't, don't worry about the translation. As, as long as it doesn't say the opposite of what we want. Hallelujah. Read it from your translation. Please. And if you don't have a Bible, you can read it from the screen. And next time you bring your Bible. Hallelujah. Have you seen it? Psalm 33, verse 12. One, two, three, let's pray. Let's read. One, two, three. Blessed is the nation. Is the Lord. The people he has chosen. Read it again. Stop there, stop there, stop there. Listen, I, I like to contextualize scriptures. Here he was talking about Israel. But remember, he never said the name of Israel. Although in context, he was addressing Israel, but he never said the name. Why? Because God wants to give an opportunity for every nation to put himself there. So, so we can say, blessed is South Africa. Blessed is South America, blessed is, uh, is, is Ghana, blessed is Africa, blessed is Senegal, blessed is Malawi, blessed is, is Zimbabwe, blessed is, is Kenya, blessed is Nigeria. Now, blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. Yes. If we want a blessed nation, what must we do? If we want a blessed nation, what must we do? We must choose God. Therefore, say, I choose God. I choose God. Say, as you mean it, I choose God. I choose God. Say, as a, as a South African, we choose God. We choose God to be the Lord of this nation. We choose God. We choose God in our communities, in our schools, in our prisons, in our homes. With our children, with a woman, with a man, with a youth, with an adult, we choose God as Lord. Can we give a big hand to our Lord? Shout for joy! 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 
And you don't know that from here, we can dethrone. We can dethrone all the principles that are governing this nation. We can dethrone whatever is not God because we serve a powerful God. We serve an amazing God. We can change the setup in this community and in this nation, but the change needs to start with you. A changed nation is a changed people. The change needs to start with you at home. You need to stand up and say, as a man, I will be the head of this home. You need to stand up and say, as a woman, I will be a pillar in this home. You need to stand up as a child and say, I will honor my parents in this home. You need to stand up and say, God, I will honor you in my youth. I am a single person, but I will honor you in my singleness. Lord, Lord, I am married. I will honor you in my marriage. Change needs to start with you. Change needs to start with me. If it does not change with me, it will not change elsewhere. You need to be desperate. You need to be desperate like, like Pastor Sarah said. We need to have a hunger for God. I'm not preaching on that. It's coming. It's part of a series. But you need to be desperate. We need to know that we are at the crossroads. That this nation will go either straight or south. We need to know that if we do nothing about this nation in the years to come, people will enter your house and kill you worse than now. We need to understand that faith will not be able to stop the people. Even police will fail if we don't choose God. We are heading to the war and each man and woman in this house need to choose God. You need to prioritize God. God needs to be more important than your work. He needs to be more important than your business. You can't seek God just for your breakthrough. You need to seek God for whom he is. You cannot seek God just for your job. You need to seek him because he's God Almighty. We don't seek him just for the farm. We seek him because he's God. Let's, let, let's come back to the foundation or bring the ark back uh, to the house of the Lord.